You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts. Hi, this is Caitlin Martin. I'm Towner French. This is Patrick Martin. This is Mark Alderman. This is Howard Schweitzer. Towner, Tristan, and Mark. The Martins are, uh, the Martins have abandoned us today. This is becoming uh, routine, though, I feel like. The Martins. I, I, maybe, maybe. They don't like may this. make a late appearance. Okay. All right. Very good. Patrick, well, we, we know would, will not. We would welcome that. So, Mark, as you said, when we were getting ready to come on, there are, are, are two things going on in the world. There is war and there is basketball, which is on on the screen above me. But actually, Mark, you're wrong. There are three. Because this week, the United States Senate saw to it that we could fix daylight savings time with all the things going on in the world of importance. You have Biden talking to President Xi for two hours today. You have war raging in Europe. You have all sorts of craziness going on in the United States Senate is fixing daylight savings time. By by unanimous consent, no less, which either Towner or Tristan could explain better than you and I, Howard, but unanimous consent for daylight savings time is is a mark of of our democracy. God bless America, baby. What what unanimous consent means is that they all agree that daylight savings time is horrible. That's pretty much what it means. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, I, I so it's interesting. So you know, members, senators go to the floor all the time and ask for unanimous consent on random bills, and and usually it's done collegially, and folks stand up, and a person to object if there is someone who would like to object is is actually notified ahead of time, uh, or the other party maybe right. is ready to object to something. I'm not 100% sure it is a unanimous thing. I know I don't feel very unanimous about it. I like it. I like daylight savings time. I think they got some really substantial problems to work out with this whole school and not being light until eight o'clock in the morning or 8.15 in the morning. Um, I think they, I think they got some issues to work out here. We'll see. We, we, will, see, we will see what happens. Well, yeah. interesting part. Not only was it not unanimous, but uh, a couple of senators have gone on record as looking for the House to bail them out here. Which is topsy-turvy, to say the least. The the interesting part about it is that depending upon what time they choose to be the standard time, Detroit might not see sunlight until 9 a.m. in the morning and even worse in other parts of the country. So it's like it's just going to be interesting to see how how they if they if the house somehow saves it, how they're going to dice that up, which is is a better conversation than war these days. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was funny, Howard. uh, Senator Sinema was presiding when this all happened. And she was interviewed afterwards. She was asked why she was laughing as it went down. And she said, because Arizona is smarter than the rest of the nation. We don't do daylight savings. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. She had her moment. So, Mark, you uh, before we get to. To Ukraine and, and the NCAA, um, you spent a couple of days 
in town this week. Um, tell us about what, what you saw, what, what was going on, what, what the vibe was like. Yeah, I was in town uh, with an assist from Tristan and Towner, thank you, with the uh, CEOs of the United States Cannabis Council, a fly-in for the CEOs. And in addition to meetings uh, among the companies, uh, we saw a number of members of Congress, a number of senators, uh, a number of representatives, and to a uh, man and a woman, uh, Ukraine was the dominant uh, theme. The vibe, as you say, was edgy and, and was heavy. And nobody seemed to be having uh, a particularly good time. The weather was wonderful on Wednesday. Thursday was St. Patrick's Day and the tournament. But uh, Congress... Congress had a lot on its mind and and mostly mostly Ukraine. Tristan, what are you what are you hearing? What are people well, you know, I mean, I think saying. It's, you know, they we the, the the House and the Senate and the White House are trying to take a, a victory lap um around the omnibus. Um, you know, we at at, at Cozen, you know, have a lot to be Proud about we got a lot of clients, really good earmarks um, in in the last omnibus or this past omnibus, uh, ranging from education to healthcare, um, you know, to foundations to the run the gamut of things. Chicago Transit Transit Authority, and so we we've been successful in, in getting a billion of dollars in, in in funding, and so many communities are going to see that. Not just our clients, which we uh, we're always welcome to take more. Um, but not just our clients, but so many folks across the country are going to see those those uh, dollars flow into their communities. And so the White House wanted to take somewhat of a victory lap, but I mean, they can't right now. Um, you know, not just even adding to what Mark said about and everyone when talks about war and basketball. People are joining the Hill are just tired. You know, they've been working like, you know, on virtually for the last you know two years. They've been pushing through COVID relief packages. They've been pushing through legislation. They've been working long hours. Some have been dealing with bosses who have not even shown up to D.C. They've been, you know, remote voting. And so they've been having to run offices themselves. People are burned out. And, and I think we just have to figure out what that looks like. But campaign season is, is, is approaching. And so they have to figure out how to balance being tired, being fatigued, but also getting policy done. Towner. You're on mute, Towner. No, there there you I go. got it. I agree completely with Tristan. People are, are, are a bit burned out. And, and it's, you know, out of the fire, frying pan and into the fire to a certain degree. We're about to start appropriation season. I think we'll we'll be talking momentarily probably about a, a Senate, uh, uh, excuse me, a Supreme Court justice nomination hearing that's really going to uh, get underway in a big way next week, even though uh, it seems to be flying under the radar so far. Uh quite interestingly. Um, and so, you know, it's uh, it's going to stay busy. This is Congress's busy season. March through May is when the meetings happen. It's when the appropriations for the coming fiscal year happen. Uh, it's when the bills are formulated. And quite frankly, in an election year, as we, as we are right now, it's where the bulk of the action takes place between now and July before we really start to, to get knee deep in campaign season. I think also, uh, Howard, to... Uh a point uh, Tristan made about uh, COVID weariness, at least in, in my travels, uh, 
COVID has been declared over, but uh, with an asterisk. It's like uh, Roger Maris's 61 home runs. Everyone, it's just edgy. Everyone is nervous that it's coming back. Nobody quite knows what to do with their masks. Literally, they, they, it, it ran the spectrum from people who didn't have one to people who wouldn't take one off to most of us wearing it around our wrist in case it was required. It It, it is still... Mark, don't don't admit to that. Sue Ellen may listen to this podcast. Oh, when are going to get in big already, trouble. I, I already made the mistake of being honest when I got home last oh, night. Mark, we, we already on. <laughs> Yeah, I sort of stretched the outside thing a little bit all there. Right, um, all right, all right. But, but nobody, it, it, nobody quite knows what to make of it. I think it's, it's adding to the fatigue and, and the edginess. Yeah, look, uncertainty breeds stress and nervousness and anxiety and we're living with it we've got war we've got covid you know very good point um and and people are i think people are are struggling with that i think it also you know you mentioned this the confirmation kind of being under the radar towner it's like yeah it's it's hard to get it's hard to get airtime in this climate, I think that's kind of most fundamentally what we're what we're all kind of saying. It's hard for like the president to celebrate successes. Like Congress passed a bipart a major bipartisan piece of legislation last week. The president signed it into law this week. That should be celebrated. It's a major piece of legislation with a lot of good stuff in it, like you were saying, Tristan, but it can't, there's just no oxygen for, yeah. for anything. There's no oxygen. And I don't want to, I don't want us to be like Debbie Downer. There's, there is stuff going on there. There are issues being considered. There are, there is legislation being done, but as far as like conveying to the public, Hey, this is where we are directionally. And like, things are good or things are not so good, or we need to fix this. We need to fix whatever it is. It's like, it's just hard to get, it's hard yeah. to get oxygen. It's it's going to be super weird next week when, you know, Anderson Cooper coming to you live from Lviv is dropping into a, a Supreme Court justice confirmation hearing briefly before, you know, heading back to uh, to the live shot in Ukraine. Uh, it's just going to be a, a, a weird uh, juxtaposition. And I'm, I'm curious to see how much coverage there will be during the hearings next week. Usually this is a wire to wire sort of thing. I mean, this is a, you know, Monday is the opening statements. Uh, Tuesday is the, the first round of questioning. Wednesday is the, the third round or second round of questioning on the third day of the, the nomination hearings. And then, uh, and then Thursday, they'll, they'll likely consider the nomination, but this is, this is much must watch in most uh, on most occasions, um, you know, and uh, and I'll be curious to see if it is this time around. Governor, what do you think it looks like on the Republican side? I think on the Democratic side, Tristan, we can be confident in predicting it, it will go well enough. There will be a senator or two who wants some airtime and asks something to get it. But I think maybe some of the the low key coverage is because there there just doesn't seem to be a lot of drama. Do you expect much Republican drama in the hearings? 
You know, I don't. I don't. I don't expect, you know, a lot of mudslinging. I do expect uh, for senators to to get into some serious legal questions. Um, and if if Judge Jackson is is nearly as good, and I'm sure she is, as any other Supreme Court justice, she's going to do a very good job of deflecting those saying, I'm not going to uh, get into uh, opining on anything I could be ruling on uh, ultimately on the bench. And, and that's the easiest way for a Supreme Court uh, justice nominee to uh, to just shut down difficult lines of questioning uh, that they they may or may not encounter. But I don't think it's going to go into the salacious. I don't. First of all, there's no salacious. It seems like with Judge Jackson to go into. But second of all, I don't think Republicans want to take it there right now uh, because they they don't see a they don't see a benefit in it. I think you're going to get some some legal questioning, but I don't think you're going to get too far out of scope. Yeah, unless there's something we don't know, she's obviously getting confirmed. Yeah, the the cake is baked, so they'll make their points and yeah. move on with life. It's I, I can't I imagine imagine the like we've all done a lot of hearing prep in our day. I can't imagine like I've done a lot. I, I prepared a lot of people for congressional hearings. It, it just must be. I mean, they must, they're sitting in some conference room in the White House right now, preparing the heck out of her. And it just must be Herculean, the amount of prep you have. And she's done it before, but but this is different. They make you go to a special school to be a lawyer, too. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard about that. No, nothing. I, I think there's, Howard, uh, to, to Tristan's uh, earlier point in town, <laughs> <laughs> that fell flat down there. I, I know it clearly I'm did. trying to figure yeah. out what you meant, but I'm gonna well, do my I, I, non-law yeah. firm podcast and then yeah. that'll be a big hit. <laughs> unanimous, unanimous consent. Yeah. Consent. Usually you can't go wrong bashing lawyers, but yeah. I, on, on this screen it, it's a two to two vote. But I, I think there's hearing fatigue. My God, after what we went through with the Trump era confirmation hearings. I, I think the country and, and Congress and, and to your point, Tristan Towner, the staff, I think everybody's ready to just let's have a hearing, let's have a vote and let's move on. Yeah. And, and you know, with the Supreme Court, I mean, she's she's been through them before. So, I mean, there's not much that she needs to provide in addition to what she's already pr- provided to the committee. You know, they'll be the Josh Hawley's that will try to use it as a moment to rally his base for some type of comment that he'll make. I doubt that he'll be um, in his rare form uh, because of he still wants to be uh, presidential while being while being in the Senate. But there'll be moments. And I think for the most part, they know what they're getting. It's hard to go against a black female, historically first black female uh, to be nominated, but also somebody who was endorsed. Uh, by the police, uh, and so it's it, you can't really be tough on uh, on on her on, on on crime or anything else. They try to go after her public defender record or the time that she's done other things, but she's been you know she's gotten support from both sides of the aisle. So for the most part, it will be it will be fairly smooth. And I think when you look at those who are on the Senate Judiciary Committee. They're pretty even killed individuals. You know, they're pretty much folks who've been on the committee, been in the Senate for a while. And, you know, they're they're pretty moderate when it comes to conversations and stuff like this. So I don't think we I think we'll get the moment of or breather 
of politics for just a moment to see them actually have a conversation and not go back at back and forth at each other and, and at each other's necks. So it would be a breath of fresh air for at least three days. Yeah, it's likely, Howard, uh, as you were saying earlier, though, uh, I'll bet the president's uh, efforts to take a victory lap will fall. I hope not as flat as Towner's law school joke, but they'll they'll fall flat because no, nobody's in the mood to fight. Nobody's in the mood to celebrate it, the the edginess, the weariness are, are what what are dominating. Yeah, although it's kind of interesting because if I were somebody, hopefully, our our millions of listeners out there hearing <laughs> us talk, I would think nothing's going on here and like you can't get any airtime and uh i mean tanner we've all you know we've all been doing this for a long time you know i just it's i think it's interesting like how do we get it's interesting to explain to people how we get airtime in a climate like like this yeah, well, you, you know, first of all, it, it's interesting because it's not that nothing's going on. It's just that the controversial things that we all hear about on cable news 24-7 just happen to not really involve Congress all that much. The war in Ukraine and, and COVID and some other things. And so it really isn't... Um, it really isn't the fact that nothing's going on because things are definitely going on. I think there's a ton of stuff going on right now. We have a new fiscal year that's approaching. We have possible bipartisan legislation in an election year coming together on health care, uh, coming together on privacy and data, coming together on uh, a number of different uh, fronts. And, you know, it's, ex it's an exciting time for clients because the noise that we normally fly under the radar of the members are engaged right now. Um, they want to be here post COVID. They want to start doing meetings. They want to, you know, just be interactive again uh, with our clients and with us. And uh, this is a, this is actually an exciting time to really, you know, hit the ground running on a number of different initiatives. Yeah. Just go ahead, Tristan. I was gonna say, I wholeheartedly agree with, with Towner. And, and the interesting thing is, you know, staffers as well as members, are ready to talk about anything that's not Ukraine. <laughs> and, so, and so the opportunity to talk about legislation that our clients are really um, you know, pushing us to get the meetings for, they're open um, to having those conversations because they want to at least take their mind off of foreign affairs. They want to take their mind off of, off of COVID relief packages, take their mind off of issues um, you know, that are in the news at least still be productive as members of Congress. And so they're taking all those meetings to fill their calendar up. So they're not doing, you know, those intelligence briefings or finding out uh, what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. Although importantly on, on COVID relief there, uh, and Towner mentioned that there's healthcare legislation moving. The Senate Health Committee had a, a markup of the Burr-Murray bill, which is the Prevent Pandemic Act, and a, a bill that uh, Senator Burr is determined to get across the finish line before his retirement. It, it is COVID relief, but it, it is the... Uh, the less controversial aspect, let's it's, say. Of, it's of pandemic COVID. preparedness. It's preparedness. It's not mandates, not mask mandates uh, or vaccine mandates. Exactly. It's preparedness. And and it is likely to move. And uh, 
and necessary. It's responsible. It, it is actually governing. It yeah, is Tristan, you've been we've 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 been engaged. Uh, we have a client um, cleaning coalition uh, that is was engaged with the initial draft actually uh, of legislation before it became uh, pen to paper and was engaged with both yep. um, sides on, on the Senate Health Committee, which they've been talking about this for over a year now of like, we have to be prepared for the future. And they've been beating this drum and congrats to them um, for actually getting something across the finish line. It's a start, um, but we have to mitigate more. Um, but that is an example of, that's not Democrat or Republican, but public health. Um, you know, Republicans and Democrats alike want to be able to make sure that we're not zooming or in a public health crisis ever again, which we, you know, unfortunately, knock on wood, won't be as that extreme. But as the Cleaning Coalition always say, not preparing for when, but preparing for if. Um, I'm sorry. Back, not preparing, not preparing for if, if preparing, preparing for when. Because <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. Um, I need more coffee. I gave it up for Lent. Um, uh, another one, but that's not that's, that's on social media, Tristan. No, I will not do that. I will not, do that. I will not be Patrick Martin. <laughs> but no, this, these are examples of, of the advocacy of the long term strategy that we're doing that we have to pound and educate the hill because at some point in time, they're going to realize that this is something that we have to do and we'll be successful with getting such legislation passed. Take something else we're involved in, cryptocurrency. Uh, very involved um, throughout Washington on issues related to, to digital assets and cryptocurrency. The White House put out it, President put out an executive order last week that people have been waiting for. There's you know, we've been talking to literally dozens of congressional offices about um, digital assets and and cryptocurrency and blockchain. It's and and it's not like you sit in those meetings and the staffer says, "Oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you about this because you have Ukraine going on." In fact, um, but 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 what we do is you you make you take an issue that's kind of generic and you you make it current so like on there are big issues there there are concerns in the context of ukraine about using cryptocurrency as a means of transporting evading sanctions basically the russians invading evading sanctions and inevitably what guys what we end up doing is connecting an issue that is not about the moment to the moment as an illustration of the point that we're trying to make, you know, in, in the cryptocurrency context, there are lots of issues around um, ransomware, as we know, and the traceability of cryptocurrency and things like that. So we're, we're talking about those issues in the context of, of Russia and Ukraine. And it's, you know, I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting for folks to explain how we do what we do, that's a big part of it is taking the current moment and putting our bigger picture issue in that in that context, Mark. No question. And in fact, we had a, a version of that, actually, the, the converse or inverse that maybe it would be of that with our, our cannabis work on the Hill. It, it was important, and, and the clients absolutely recognize this. It, it was important to acknowledge in, in our work this week that cannabis is not the most pressing issue. 
that the Hill is dealing with, that we don't expect it to be elevated to mm. a priority at this time. Yeah, that's a great point. But while we have you for a minute, may we suggest that later on, here's what you might want to be thinking. It Really, the, the tour this week was to to thank everyone for what they had done and to give them a pass on doing anything right now because now's not the time. That's part of what we do yeah. as well. Yeah, that's the art. This is art, not science. And the art is, you know, it's sometimes it's as important what you don't ask for as what you yeah. do ask yeah. for. And, you know, you I think we're coming at the same thing. It's like you have to meet the moment. There's right. a big part of what we do in terms of meeting the moment and and layering the bigger picture on top of of whatever our issue is. And I think it's interesting to give our listeners a bit of a glimpse into you know how we do our day job. I know everybody thinks we prepare all week for this podcast, uh, and that's you know the bulk of what we do. But no, we actually, Tristan, we actually have day jobs and. Uh, <laughs> You know that's how we do it. Hell yeah! A lot of a lot of my work is not mi- is not microwave. You know, it's other. You know, it's it's preparing and looking down the road and preparing clients. You know, we have a couple of microwave clients too, but but for the most part, it's it's preparing. Um, for I've the never long heard term. that before, but I like it, and I'm stealing it. <laughs> putting putting a strategy together and making it, and making sure that all the ingredients work together, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, we want a perfect you know, uh, meal for the client and the client wants a perfect meal. And so being able to, to put everything together and, um, you know, and plan our strategy is, is what me in the moment really means. And yeah. I think that, you know, everything is not going to be signed into law within the first year or the first, you know, uh, uh, two years of, of president Biden's term. If we lose the house, definitely not much is going to get done, but, at the end of the day, the political pendulum always swings at some point. And it's being prepared for when that happens and not just coming in at the last minute is so important. And so the work that we do, you know, and knowing the strategy and knowing the historical context and knowing where that pendulum is going to swing is what what gets the best benefit, um, benefits our clients the most. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, Mark, I see your Villanova Wildcats are... They've opened it up a little. I'm multitasking here. We're up th- up 13 with 18 to go. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, my Michigan Wolverines uh, prevailed Good. yesterday. Good start. Towner. Tristan. The fighting Juwan Howards. Moved fighting on. Juwan spent a lot of time with the opposing team in the handshake line <laughs> afterwards. No punches were thrown. Punches. Um the Fighting uh, Blue Devils uh, will be debuting in the tournament at 7 p.m. this evening. Uh, and I will be praying and hoping they don't follow Kentucky uh, along the, the way. So, Brutal. Yeah. Tristan. My illustrious university, the Norfolk State University, um, made it to, of course, our first five minutes of uh, March Madness and, of course, lost to Baylor. Um, and so I am uh, dedicated to making sure that North Carolina takes out Baylor just because <laughs> They killed our moment. <laughs> Don't tell Jim Davis that. Yeah, just, yeah. Downer, we, I have to say, have you seen the Coach K AT&T commercial oh. where he's applying for a job? I have. I have. Yeah. yeah. And 
what 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 do you as the coach k whisperer here think of that i you know i think he's leaving duke university and so he's just making sure that because he can't get his grandkids in for free tuition all the way through <laughs> uh he's just making sure he show he, he uh you know sews up the college fund uh, for the grandkids I'm, I'm a great admirer of coach k but i have to say i i I might not have done that commercial if, <laughs> if I did. You know, the thing is, Coach K is an excellent moneymaker. Uh, you know, at the same time, Duke signed that massive contract with Nike about 20 years ago. So did Coach K sign his own contract with Nike uh, about 20 years ago. And so, you know, no, not dissimilar to a Tiger Woods or, uh, you know, any other athlete that you you can mention. You know, he's, he's done a very good job. Not his athletes, of course, because it's college. We wouldn't want to do that. He works for money. His <laughs> his uh, his students do not. Um, you know he's uh, he's not uh, he's availed himself of the opportunities. Not a good commercial. That's not my vote. Sort of where he I should, was going. He should go back to coaching and stop acting. Yeah. But, you know, look, there's a lot of not good commercials out there. there you know, the actors is, get paid up front. <laughs> I'm all in for Coach K. Like, I want to see him go out on top. It's tough. As you've said, these players can't seem to deal with the pressure of it being his last year. So I, I don't have high hopes for your team, but I'd love to see him do well. I think, I think they're going to do a little bit better. All right. We <laughs> shall see. We shall see a great, great, great time of the year. Excellent. The weather's beautiful. And uh, guys, enjoy the weekend. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Please subscribe to our podcast so our episodes are automatically sent to you when they are released. The Beltway Briefing Podcast has been produced by Hometown Podcasts and Audio, Washington, D.C.